Hey, it's me. Hello and welcome. I am glad that you're listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Thank you for being here. A lot of you follow the Facebook page. If you don't do that, you can just go to facebook.com slash the Paul Leslie Hour or look up the Paul Leslie Hour and you'll find it. Something that I posted there was a photo of a card that I received from Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks had responded to me sending a link to an interview that I had recorded with Winston Groom. Winston Groom is the man who wrote the book Forrest Gump, which the movie was based on. So I'm going to read the note that Tom Hanks wrote. He said, Paul, 25 years ago, my toast on opening night to Winston Groom. Throw deep, Tom Hanks. Very nice of Tom Hanks to send that little note. But if you haven't listened to the interview with Winston Groom, I wanted to first of all call your attention to that. You can go back and listen to episode number 273. The interview was released on the 25th anniversary of the movie Forrest Gump. I think one of the reasons that Forrest Gump is such a beloved character is that he was an everyman. He wasn't a celebrity. He wasn't a movie star. He wasn't a genius, even. It reminds me of this interview that I did with Walter Bruning. At the time of this interview, he was the world's oldest man. And kind of like Forrest Gump, he wasn't a celebrity. He was just somebody who had a very interesting outlook. He lived from September 21st 1896 to April 21st, 2011. There are no people remaining from the 1800s, so I feel quite fortunate to have been able to conduct this interview. I think the incredible thing about this interview is his clarity. At the time, he was 113 years old, about to be 114, and he was very sharp, and he had a lot of memories to share. I think that one of the reasons behind his longevity was his positive outlook and also having a work ethic. I hope that some of his words can be of help and interest to you. I hope you enjoy listening to this interview. But I'm curious to know from you, I'm wondering, why and how do you think he developed this outlook? Did someone teach him to think this way? Is it something that he arrived on? On his own? I wonder. If you want to support the mission of the Paul Leslie Hour, which involves getting interviews like this out there into the world, I invite you to help me by going to patreon.com slash the Paul Leslie Hour, and you'll know what to do from there. Let's get into the interview, and as always, let me know what you think. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the man I'm talking with right now. His name is Mr. Walter Bruning, and he was born September 21st, 1896. How are you doing out there? I'm doing fine. Tell us, Mr. Bruning, where were you born? Born in Melrose, Minnesota. That's 100 miles this side of Minneapolis. And what was life like growing up? Well, it's just like growing up any time. If you do grow up right, you got to watch yourself all the way you from the time you're a baby, and remember what's going on, and remember so you can tell people what's going on in the world, 
and be doing something for people. Don't forget that, too. You're supposed to be helping others, you know. Uh, tell us about your grandfather. My grandfather was from Pennsylvania. He came to Melrose. That's where he met his wife, I guess. He came to Melrose after the Civil War. He was in the Civil War. And all the family were born in Melrose, including my mother. Tell us about when you were growing up. Well, when you were growing up, I can remember three years ago, when father was down, down about the Civil War. And I can, we moved to Minneapolis then. The next year, I was four years old, and I got my first haircut. And from uh, Minneapolis, we moved to Dishman, South Dakota, where my father was civil engineer in the flour mills, making steam. And for 11 years, no electricity, kerosene lamps, the only transportation was horses, and the Chicago Northwestern Railroad, no running water in houses at that time, no bathrooms, pumps all on the outside, bring in the water, went to school the next year, six years old, mother put me in school, had to quit in the 10th grade, family breakup, I had to go to work in a bakery shop, scraping bread pans, $2.50 a week. My goodness. I was only 14 years old. After 11 years, we moved back to Melrose again. There where I went to work for the Great Northern Railroad in 1913. In 1918, they transferred me here to Great Falls. I've been here practically the, all that time, with exception in 1919, business was bad, and they laid off a lot of employees. I had to go over and do work for a couple of years. I bumped a guy over there. I worked for 50 years. retired in 63. That was growing up. Would you say that life has gotten easier throughout the years? Life was tough, I'll tell you. When you yeah, during the Depression, there was nobody working in uh, no place in the United States. It was all closed down. I was still working. Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, he was elected in 30, and immediately closed all the uh, banks in the United States. Reorganized them, because there wasn't anybody organized money. I think it's about $200,000 guarantee if you got that much in the bank. Would you say that the world is in a better state now? Right now, the world's in terrible shape. We got our Congress and the presidents fighting each other all the time, just the same as they did during the 30s when Hoover was president. And they start wars to keep everybody on the job, you know. They should close this war out a long time ago. In fact, it should have never started in the first place. It's all politics all the way through the whole world, everywhere. But as far as the, the, the conditions of the country today, 
people have got more money today than they ever had in their history. And they're spending it. Of course, everything is so much more expensive, too. In the 1930s, uh, wages, 65 cents an hour was all people got, you know. If you made $50 a month during those periods, you were making pretty good money. But today, you look at today, $20, $30 an hour or more, up to 50 or more. You talk about conditions, it's better today than for a long time due to all the different changes. Yeah, every change we've had, television, radio, everything, has all been good for the working man. All those changes made working conditions different. You know, the computer come on in the 60s, 65, somewhere around there. Why it changed the condition of workforce. Right today, they don't need as many people working as they did a number of years ago. That's why there's practically 12 million right now out of work. They don't want to work, can't work. Some of them don't want to work as long as the government's paying for it. That's the way conditions are today. They're very good. Our governors here have been here two or three times. People have got lots of money. Banks are full. Loaning money everywhere. And, of course, Congress bail out the big banks. Bail out Congress. Million dollars salaries. That's their conditions today. Look at you, uh, baseball, football, all that. Million-dollar salaries, and you can't compete with all that kind of stuff. hundred years ago, nobody working, $50 a month salaries. That's the difference between now and then. Was there one moment in your life that was an especially happy time during your life? What was the happiest moment in your life? It's always been happy, all the way through. During the times when we didn't have nothing, no electricity or anything, nobody else had any either. Small towns were all dark. Nobody knew any difference, so that's where we had to go through it. Today, look what they got today. What would you say is the secret to good health? I've always been in good health. I take no medicine, no pills, never have. And being good to other people, that's one thing you want to do all the time. See that you're good to them and kind to them. world is upside down right now, mad at each other. Every country, people are mad at each other, cheat on each other all over the country. And the government's training our army to kill other people. That's what hurts, too. But as far as conditions the country, everybody's got more now than they ever had. And they're enjoying life. Because every change we've ever had has improved the conditions of the workforce. And one thing, after my wife passed away in 1957, I started eating in restaurants, you know, two meals a day. 
That's all I read since. Breakfast, lunch, and keep that weight off of you. You go up, you go up to the hospital and, and see the people come in there today, and half of them have got too much weight on them. That's true. I don't seem to help. Some some people, I get. Uh, I've had uh, about four hundred letters from all over the country. Some of them telling me they they've reduced to two days a week for food, and a lot of changes like that. When you have your birthday in a couple weeks, are you going to have any kind of special meal, like a birthday dinner? Well, the governor's coming. Uh, the governor will have ice cream and cake. Emma, the Masonic Lodges uh, will all be here. And that's one thing that I never retired till I was 99 years old. That's the last job I had with manager secretary of the Shrine Club. All the way through my life, everything worked out very good. Mr. Bruning, do you have a favorite song? Music. Favorite. I like all the music that we've had from the time back years and years ago. The singing isn't quite good. I don't think today is too much screeching and howling. It seemed years ago we had better singers than we got today. Do you have a favorite singer? No, no not, uh, not really a favorite. I like all those uh, movie singers. They've all been good, Crosby, you know, and Eddie Arnold, all that bunch. Bob Hope was in I never cared so much about Hope as I did some of the other singers. What about a favorite tune? No favorite songs. They're all, I like all kinds of music, especially piano. What would you like to say to all the people who are listening in? You can't make changes over a hundred years, you know, especially when you didn't have any electricity. You go through life for 11 years without electricity, uh, you realize what wonderful things we have today compared with years ago. A lot of changes have done the country good, and there's going to be more changes, too. My last question, what advice would you give all the people who are listening? Well, I give them the same advice. I tell people that in life, when you have a chance, you know, we used to years ago, people would help one another, but now so help anybody you want to get paid for. And people should be helping one another through life. Every time you get a chance to help somebody, do that, and be sure you stay on the diet. Stop food consumption. Mr. Bruning, thanks so much for this, this conversation. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for calling. Thank you for talking with me. And for the advice is any good, advice, write it up. All right. Tell people to be good to others. That's the main thing. Treat them kindly. Man, every day is a good day. That's one thing you should be sure of. Every day is a good day. Thank you very much for calling. My pleasure.